I would say fast forward, you know, like the next 10 years of my life after I left home was just heart-wrenching because it was me just really trying my best to find out what my path and what my God destiny truly was. And for me to learn to love myself and truly accept me for me. But I couldn't do that apart from really first discovering who I was in Christ. So, um, but yeah, you know, the Lord, He's good. Somewhere along the line there, I did come across a gentleman that I ended up marrying when I was out in California. We eloped, and I never felt right about it. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories show listeners around the world. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your chief storyteller host, and welcome to the Altered Stories show, episode 61, Alana's Power of Forgiveness, God's Story. Friends, I hope you are enjoying your August and are thriving and staying healthy, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Time is going way too fast, friends. It's been fun, though, getting out and about more. So, friends, I have a few updates on the show today before I introduce you to my awesome Kingdom Rock Star guest. Alana de la Cruz. I wanted to share that I've been guesting on a few great leadership and C-level podcasts. If you enjoy listening to these types of leadership podcasts, check out the Leadership Happy Hour hosted by Chip Lutz and the Joy Lee podcast hosted by Cheryl Lynn. And I'm also excited to share that the Altered Story Show podcast has been highlighted in the New Spark Media Magazine as one of several inspirational Christian podcasts in the Spark Media Podcast Network. And if you're interested in Christian podcasting or checking out other awesome and inspiring Christian podcasts, you need to get a copy of this magazine. And you can get a copy of this magazine by going to sparkmedia.ventures. Again, www.sparkmedia.ventures. Now, that's enough of me talking, friends. It's time for you to get to know my lovely and very talented rock star guest from LA. And as I shared, her name is Alana De La Cruz. That's a wonderful name, and I sure hope I'm saying it right. <laughs> I'm really excited, friends, to have her on the show today and want to give a big shout out to my former guest, Sherry Puckett in the KC area for referring Alana to me. Now, here are just a few words about this beauty and we're going to let her talk. I just love to do this, but Alana lives in LA, as I've shared, grew up in Southern Illinois, a small town across the river from St. Louis. She's an entertainer, empowerment speaker, international best-selling author. She's going to tell you more. An entrepreneur, and she will tell you more about her TV network too. 
and friends, Alana is also a domestic violence survivor twice and is passionate about helping domestic violence survivors to be heard and to be spiritually, emotionally, and physically healed from their brokenness. So good morning, Alana. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me today. How are you doing? Yeah, doing well, doing well. It's been quite a journey as of recent, just uh, launching the network and also the book simultaneously. So, but God is good. He's been uh, doing some really great things. I can't wait to hear a little bit more about that. Alana, is there anything else you might want to share about yourself that I haven't? I mean, I've shared, you know, a few things, your bio, you've got a lot out there. You've done so many <laughs> things and you're going to share things, you know, when you're <laughs> sharing your story, but is there anything else? I mean, you did share, you have a lot going on, but anything else? Just truly, I'm just a lover of Jesus. <laughs> just truly a lover of Jesus and a lover of people. And I just want to see so many women set free just through my testimony and through the testimony of others, even on my network. Uh, my heart is truly, as you mentioned, domestic violence, uh, education, awareness. But even more than that, I really, truly feel that women need a complete breakthrough, a deep healing in their souls. So... That's truly where my, my heart lies there. Well, thank you. You, are, you and I are very kindred in our passion and our heart for women. Jesus was too. Mm -hmm. yes. Jesus, yes. that's the thing. Jesus loved women in ways and respected women. And he came to heal those that were hurting. I am grateful that you shared that. So I know you're a talented lady. And you sing. I'm just wondering, I mean, I've had a few guests on my show who have felt anointed to sing a few words because they do that in church or as a worship leader and you're an entertainer and you, you sing. And I would love to just hear you sing if you're open to that to bless my listeners, just whether it's just a little worship song or something the Lord is just impressed on you to sing. Well, you know, and I know we talked about this right before hopping on. I, I had to think about what what is which songs really impressed me the most, even as I first entered into his kingdom. I I listened to a lot of Hillsong worship. I always felt the anointing when I would listen to those songs. But really the day that I got saved, there was a real song that I would continually listen to, and it was, it's actually more of an upbeat song. It's Trading My Sorrows, and it's not even anything that I, you know, that would really be something that's going to be fabulously displaying my vocals, but it's just one of those songs that you can just easily hum and just, you know, sing in your heart, and it's just the lyrics that I always like to sing is, um, I'm blessed but not crushed, persecuted, not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. I'm blessed beyond a curse, for his promise will endure, and his joy is going to be my strength. 
though the sorrow may last for a night, his joy comes in the morning. Yeah, I'm trading my sorrow. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Your vibrato is just absolutely beautiful. You've trained. Have you trained a lot on your vocal? You know, what's, what's very strange is I had I had very little training. I had, in my college years, I, I minored in music, so I did get training, like actual vocal lessons when I was in college. Later on, when I was actually pursuing it more professionally, yeah, I, I studied opera, actually, in New York City for a summer. And outside of that, I would here and there, I would have vocal trainers, but I don't know. It, I, I would say more or less, it was mostly a natural gift that God gave to me. And I discovered it when I was, I think it was like, I know I was in fifth grade. It was in fifth grade when I discovered it. So the Lord had later on showed me that I was actually a singer. It took a while before I really could embrace that that part of my identity, that part of, you know, what he designed me to be. And um, he later on showed me that this was something that he was going to use to to bless so many others and even anoint my voice in order to set others free, get them healed, saved, delivered. So it's not meant, it wasn't, he, it never was intended to be for secular. He definitely told me I wasn't going to be getting any kind of record contracts or anything like that. So I've never, I've never tried to pursue that. I just knew that it was set aside something that was wholly, really specifically for his work. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. it's just, you can just hear your, just the Holy spirit. It's just absolutely beautiful. And I love it. And I know when I went through my healing journey, you know, having come through it was more of an abusive uh, childhood, sexual abuse in my younger years through the pastoral abuse I encountered in the cult. And then uh-huh. having gone through a difficult divorce and, you know, being left during my pregnancy and having to, uh, the rejection and just those things that, and there was not physical um, abuse, but a lot of verbal abuse. And I know the Lord used worship music and used that, a lot of different things to bring me through my healing journey. But I can tell you what, God anoints people for those reasons. And thank you for sharing. So I love that. And I'd also like to hear, I know our listeners with, you live in LA. So what's it like out there right now? Alana for living there. I mean, what's it like? Oh, <laughs> it's always beautiful and sunny. I, I always tell people, I think I was actually supposed to be born here. I always tell God, I think I was supposed to be born here. because I am naturally just, I get so easily cold. Growing up in Southern Illinois, I was always having to put on layers in the winter. Um, out here, it's, it's so gorgeous. And I'm so blessed and I love the palm trees and so close to the beach. I'm close. To, I'm actually just south, a little south of LA, but I'm very, I'm very close to the beach. Yeah. 
do you get to go very often? I, yeah, I mean, I try to. I think I need to get better about doing it, though. <laughs> it's only five minutes away. I, I need to. In fact, the Lord has really impressed it on me that I, I need to be taking more breaks and time alone with him. I can really connect with God out by the ocean. It's something about me and water and and there's something very relaxing, peaceful, and I get so restored and rejuvenated in the spirit. Anytime I like want to get closer to him, I, I don't know, I just gravi- I gravitate towards the ocean. I gravitate towards the beach. So. Yeah, the perfect place. So are you all in LA? Are you maskless? Do you mind me asking? Are you wearing masks out there now? Or what's, what's the, the COVID climate? Oh, yeah. I mean, just recently, they're trying to have the mask mandate again, but it's okay. We're kind of used to it out here. So it's strange. It's just kind of become a way of life. I literally can't remember not wearing a mask. I mean, even when masks were starting to get lifted a little bit, we were not even fully there yet. It was just good. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your book a little. Because you just had this launch and the book is, I love, is it about a princess or mermaid? I mean, I, I haven't. So first, it, yes, it is. It's about a human princess that finds a mystical necklace and it accidentally turns her into a mermaid. She discovers that. She didn't know, obviously, what it was for. But the real amazing supernatural thing about this book was that it was 100% God. I remember even the place where I was at when he just deposited, he deposited it in my spirit. And it just came all at once, like a, like a download. And then I, I, if anything, I almost even really saw it as a movie in my mind. It was just like, whoa, this is incredible. <laughs> I wrote it. I, I mean, I bullet pointed it because it just came all at once. I took about three days to write the manuscript. It's about, I don't know, children's books. I had to find out it was like on average, like 32 pages. So I, I wrote out everything. I had a book and I was like, okay, now what? And I ended up having to find an illustrator. The Lord guided me straight to the, the right one. And she's incredibly talented, far beyond her years. And it just really made everything come together. So the kids are going to be so absolutely blessed by it. And it's a book series. So this is just book one of a series. I have already the second book written. It it ends on a a cliffhanger. What's the name of the book series again? What is, I'm sorry. It is The World of Aquadonia, Princess Alana and the Mystical Mermaid Necklace. Okay. And where can people go to get that book right now if yeah they could get it they can get a copy autographed through worldofaquadonia.com or they can just go to amazon or barnes and nobles and order it there okay that's exciting because you know there's so many young girls that really love princesses <laughs> I and mean, they're just really into that because of the whole Disney, all of what they have presented in that area. So that's really exciting. My question is, is there some godly 
I mean, is it more secular or is it, do you introduce God concepts in there or how did you write that? So the way that the Lord had me write this is to be more of, of an evangelistic tool. So it is going to be kind of spiritually neutral, the first two books. But the Lord said it's because these two books are to draw in the world. And what's going to happen in this third book is where that's when we're going to enter in the uh, more of the Christian allegorical type of figures that will be teaching and training the kids how to walk in the spirit and walk in a godly way. So and with power. So all of these superpowers essentially are going to be <laughs> discovered as something that came from from God. I don't want to give too much away, but that's yeah, right. Essentially, that's really in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and and really, the what the purpose is of the book is the Lord said that it is intended to be one of these forerunner for other authors that are coming on board that want to make a difference in terms of creating more unity and love and um, uh, including all races. So this book, all the illustrations are, were intentionally made to promote equality and racial diversity that was just one of the main things that the Lord wanted, and it is to be out there, out there in the, he said, get it out there as much as you can in the secular world, and that's exactly what I'm anticipating, so. <laughs> okay, well, my listeners are global. We have listeners all around the world. We've got them in India. We've got them in Africa. We've got them in Italy, China, Russia. We have them in Germany, Canada. We've got little countries, Japan, different. I mean, it's really cool how God has just really opened up the listeners. Now, these could be Americans living in those countries and, you know, they listen. But it's my mission is helping Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them. So it's got a global mission so i it's really interesting i love it we serve a global god he loves us all and so this is really really cool really cool so now tell me about this tv network we've got a little bit more time but before we're gonna have you jump in and share your god story but you've got god stories i'm sure of other areas in your life everywhere but the one we (laughs) talked about with the power of forgiveness but so can you just share a little bit about your network, your TV network? It's Soul Win. Yes, yes. So essentially it's an empowering Christian women's network that's made by women for women. And the heart and soul of Soul Win, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network is what it stands for, is healing the hearts of those who have been wounded and traumatized from domestic violence. Being that I am a survivor, a two-time survivor of domestic violence, it was so important for me to 
make sure that survivors who I call diamonds, they're my diamond survivors, that they would have a voice. Because the thing is that those who have been targeted by the enemy with domestic violence and abuse, all he really wanted to do was to quench your voice. He wanted to stop that. But for me, the Lord has given me this network to give to other women a platform so that they can now tell of their story and not just their testimony, but use their gift and calling in media ministry to set other women free or whether it may be or could just be even educating them on maybe a skill that they have. Maybe it's, you know, they have a skill, they're skilled in putting on makeup, you know, so they're on there and they deliver the word and, you know, the same time here, I'm going to, I'm going to do a makeup tutorial. So, you know, it's, it's all geared towards women and it's pulling out their gifts and allowing for them to really utilize those for God's kingdom. Okay. Well, I I know a few women in Kansas City that have jumped. That actually one woman was on the show, Rebecca Adams, and she actually shared her God story and Sherry, you know, Sherry Puckett. But I've seen Wisdom. She's out there, I think, now on your network too. So, I mean, it's growing. (laughs) It's growing. So I wanted to make sure we mentioned that on, on the show. Because I think it's an, an important thing to mention. And it's about you and who you are and what God brought you to. And it's always inspiring to, to hear that. So thank you for sharing that. And one other question, Alana, is around the power of story. Now, you obviously understand that the important piece of storytelling, but why do you think telling sto- your story is so important? I mean, there's the writing your story aspect, but you know, when you tell your story, there's something that happens, not just for the listener, but for you. But why do you think telling your story is it like, we'll, we'll have you tell your story, but why do you think it's important for women to tell their stories? Telling your story does two things. For one, it reminds you of what the Lord did for you. So just as David had encouraged himself in the Lord, it's very encouraging to yourself even, not just to the listener, but to yourself. I really believe that it just increases your confidence overall because you're encouraged and it empowers you. So when you tell your story, it's empowering you, but it's empowering other women now and inspiring them to go in the path now that you took. Or maybe, well, Alana, she did this, but maybe I don't want to go that route. So I always say, if anything, maybe if I'm telling my testimony, you're going to listen to it and maybe it'll prevent you from even going in that path. You just don't know who exactly you're going to touch with your story. There's somebody out there in in various different stages in life. It may be, they may be young, they may be old. It, It doesn't matter. It's something that you just need to be obedient in telling your story over and over again to 
empower yourself, empower others. Thank you. I love that. And now, of course, we're going to move forward and be blessed to have you share your power of forgiveness, God's story. So, Alana, where does your God's story begin? <laughs> you know, I really had, I know you sent me some questions before this, and I really had to, to think about this because I, although I got saved August 31st, 2003, the Lord did a lot of wooing <laughs> before then. As he does, he does with all of us before we're actually saved. I would say, first of all, I grew up in a very loving family. I have zero, there was no, ne there was nothing negative. I can't say one negative thing about my childhood, really. Very blessed. And what the one main thing that I noticed about when I was a child was that God had really made me this very like self-driven, very self-motivated, strong-willed, but in a good way, strong-willed, like it was just very independent. You know, I always wanted to get straight A's. I wanted to always take the straight path. That was just, it was interesting. I was just, it was like I was just built that way. And in fact, I even remember like teaching myself at five years old how to ride a bike. I didn't need anyone else around me. I'm like, I'm just going to learn how to ride this bike. <laughs> I don't need anyone around me to cheer me on. I mean, I was just like, I was just strong-minded, you know, like I, I really just put my mind on something and do it. Well, there was a time, fast forward, when I was a teenager, when, you know, all of the, that drive, the motivation, the resilience inside of me just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I fell in love. And when I was a teenager, and I was, it was like my senior year of high school. And he was my first love. Started college. And at that point, we were together. And this is a long distance relationship, by the way. We were together for a year and a half. And then he broke up with me. And I think it was because of the distance. But anyways, I then spiraled into depression. And what, what, problems or issues maybe there were beforehand with my parents then just seemed to get um, heightened. So there was tensions between me and my parents even, and I ran away. <laughs> I ran away from home. And it was just because all, everything that was culminating all at once from the breakup and the pressures of trying to like just standpoint in college and and then the tensions with my in my home life it was just all so much and then on top of it just really trying to figure out my identity who was I what was I, I mean I didn't even know what I was going to do with life they say declare your major I have no idea I mean I was just oh it's just so undecided I didn't have any direction so what else to do just i 18, I run away. <laughs> that was when I truly believe the Lord just really started setting people in my path. And he does that. He likes to interject. And he likes to show you, well, guess what? Daughter, I love you. You may not see it about you, but I love you. 
And, you know, whether it be a guy that I later meet, you know, in college who was a fraternity president who is an atheist, and all of a sudden, he suddenly became born. He was born again one day. I mean, he comes to class and he's just talking. Okay, he was atheist one day, just not even wanting to talk about God. And the next day, he's just bubbling over about Jesus. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) okay, what is happening here? What happened to you? You can't help but want to know what is it? And he just kept saying, Jesus, you've got to meet Jesus. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, (laughs) how do I do that? I don't even know how you do that. So, you know, it's just these little like interjections in my life. I like to say that. And showing me his love over and over again. But there was this cry in my heart. You know, I was always crying out, God, I just want to hear you. How come I can't hear you? How come I, I, I just, I need answers. I need direction. I remember just, just wanting that from him and um, not truly knowing my, my self-worth. And I would say fast forward, you know, like the next 10 years of my life after I left home was just heart-wrenching because it was me just really trying my best to find out what my path and what my God destiny truly was. And for me to learn to love myself and truly accept me for me. But I couldn't do that apart from really first discovering who I was in Christ. So, um, but yeah, you know, the Lord, he's good. Somewhere along the line there, I did come across a gentleman that I ended up marrying when I was out in California. We eloped and I never felt right about it. Uh, And he ended up, unfortunately, now this is before I was saved, but I later find out he's heavily addicted to porn and he wanted to sexually exploit me for money. There came a day when that was, there was just my, my last straw. And I, I had to exit that, that relationship, that marriage. And then the Lord brought me back to Illinois in 2003. And he, those interjections again, Michelle, those interjections, I was so hurt. I was so broken. And I was working at a hotel and there was this coworker that she would, she would doodle these, these like, like crosses and she would doodle Jesus's name on these little notepads, you know, and I'm like, what in the world is going on with this girl? She's got, she's just bubbling over all the time. Like, and here I am just trying to battle depression and like, you know, like, go leave. And I remember her saying that, you know, I, I'm new here. I just started at the community college. She's like, would you, would, would you come to church with me? I, I don't have anyone to come with me. I'm just like, no, 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 no. You know, see, you don't understand. If I go to church, the lightning bolt's going to strike. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, I haven't been to church in a long, long time. See, I don't belong there. <laughs> 
I was trying to convince her and she wouldn't have it. She wouldn't have it. She just, uh, and she wasn't pushy about it. She was just like, well, you know, like, I just, I really think you like it. And, you know, there's going to be this um, college band there. And I'm like, band, you know, I didn't, where, where do you go to church and hear a band, you know? So there was something there that just, God knew how to get me because I love music and everything. I'm like, band, what? So I guess that's kind of what drew me in because she said there would be a lot of college kids there and there would be a band. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just curious now what this is about. Um, so went to, went to church August 31st in the morning. It was morning service, 2003. And there was just, I just remember just walking in and people raising up their hands and they're worshiping and they have all this love and peace on their faces. And, you know, and I've never seen anybody just like, they're just, worshiping, lifting up their hands and this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song being played. And I remember standing there in the pew, like looking from left and left and right. And I'm like, uh oh, I better make my exit plan really quick. If this gets too holy, I'm going to leave really quick. (laughs) Even as I thought that, I, I felt like a exposure in my heart like a dirtiness maybe kind of is the best way to describe over my heart and it I was just oh it's weird I kind of want to cover it I just I want to cover that dirtiness I, I really felt exposed suddenly at that point I felt like this peace flooded over me just this beautiful peace and then I just all of a sudden here I am I just start lifting up my hands and I just start singing and more and more peace is in his love just starts the first time really ever truly feeling the presence of God. And I was just saturating it and I'm just crying and the preacher is preaching a message that was literally just for me. And he made the altar call and I went up and I, and I accepted Jesus in my heart. And I always say, I didn't change. Nope. Jesus, Jesus, I accepted Jesus in my heart. He changed me. And that's exactly what happened that day. But the craziest thing happened was I was, I got a second invitation from, we'll call this this girl, Katie. And Katie said, well, there's an evening service. I'm like, no, I just, I put in my, my hour or two today. I don't think I need to go to church again. But she's like, no, no, no. This is where the college band is going to be. I was like, oh, okay. Oh my goodness. We didn't hear the band yet. So I went and thank God I did. Because that's when the preacher was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up Catholic. I'm looking around for a water baptismal anywhere to be found. I couldn't find a water baptismal. I kept hearing baptism. And he was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when I I didn't know anything about it, I just remember feeling a tug, a real strong tug pulling me up. Because I was like, I already did this altar call thing. I already did that. But it was just a strong pull. And when I went up, I felt this, I call it like a liquid honey. It just poured from the top of my head all the way down. And just this beautiful weight, which I later find out is his glory, his presence just came. And I, till I went down to my knees and people were praying over me and I had received the Holy Spirit. 
and all of a sudden the 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 preacher's like, well, bless this child. She's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the thing that's significant about this is that afterwards, I was filled with so much joy. But prior to that, I, I was trying not to cry, but I was crying myself to sleep every night. And I was just so broken. But God came in and he gave me so much joy so much joy i'm telling you ladies and gentlemen if you're listening that i had so much joy full in my heart that i couldn't stop laughing i literally giggled myself to sleep for like three days straight can you imagine having that much joy i mean it was him he did it all my cheeks hurt because i was smiling and laughing so much after that and the depression he delivered me from i think it was because i was diagnosed maybe at 12 with minor depression but later on it just got worse so i was probably over a decade of depression and he completely set me free from that on that day and i'll never forget it i'll never forget it and even as i tell you this this story it's so it's, beautiful. Um, yeah. It's, it's still, so still beautiful. real to me. It's, yeah. And it, that's part of your healing. So we're going to have to wrap up here soon, Alana. But you, through the Holy Spirit, then, of course, as you continued your journey, at that point, did you feel like you were able to forgive your husband? And, and I mean, I know we talked about the power of forgiveness as your God story. So it sounds like too that you had a second you had a second bump in the road as a survivor and was this years after you had found Jesus here and had this experience that you had this second marriage it happened in between those two abusive marriages okay. um, but in terms of the forgiveness what you mentioned was that that really was one of the first things that the Holy Spirit spoke to me, even when I went up to the altar. He said, you need to forgive others who hurt you. So that was one of the very first things that he pinpointed. And I, as I started forgiving, I remember now, as I started in my, in my mind, in my heart, forgiving those who really hurt me, that's when the liquid honey poured over me. Okay. And so, and, and then after that, Unfortunately, yes, there was another bump in the road, and that was unfortunate because I thought I was marrying a Christian man. I really believed that, you know, he had checked off all the boxes, and instead it was like I was married to Jekyll and Hyde. He was one person behind closed doors, but he was another outside in church and in public, and it was an absolute nightmare. I was physically, emotionally, mentally abused and didn't last long. It lasted about nine months, but my protection in that marriage was me walking in love. I would, I wouldn't yell back at him. I knew my authority, my authority, according, according to Luke 10, 19, uh, you know, that he's given us authority and power to trump on snakes and scorpions, all powers of darkness, nothing by any means shall harm me. 
Um, but the key there is is walking in love, and that was my divine protection. It, but at the same time, we have to understand that walking in love is not being walked on. So we have to be mindful of what the Word of God says in Malachi 2.16. Malachi 2.16, people say, well, you know, you shouldn't divorce, and God hates divorce. Yes, but in Malachi 2.16, it says God hates divorce, marital separation, and a man who covers his wife with violence. So when I read that, that's when that set me free to make a choice and make a decision that was going to be in <laughs> a positive uh, decision for me to enter into the path now that God wanted me to go in, which was free from the oppression and free from that manipulation and control in my life. So I, I left in forgiveness. So you can forgive, but you don't necessarily have to reconcile that relationship meaning you don't have to like be in, in touch with them anymore. But I did forgive him and it took a while for that process, that healing process even after that to completely heal in my soul. But yeah, that's what that was in a nutshell. Well, I'll tell you, I really appreciate your authenticity and how you approached, how you were sharing and the scriptures you've integrated in. It's such a beautiful story of redemption in healing and also depiction of we live in a broken world. And even though sometimes someone looks from the outside as they have all the trimmings, they don't always. And you're not alone in that. I know several Christian women who stepped into marriages that turned out very oppressive and manipulative and controlling. And there was just a lot of, of um, just violence, you know, and I, I, I'm grateful that God was able to help you move forward and you are where you are now and you're ministering and, you know, listeners can hear that and the joy of the Lord that has come into your life and, you know, equipping you all those things to become whole. And so this is just awesome. So uplift, uplifting, inspiring. And it sounds like God is just opening up all these doors. And I'm very, very excited for the work that you're doing, Elena. And I thank you. And can you just share for the listeners how you can be reached? Yes. My overall website is um, alanadelacruz.com, where you can find out information on all that I do in my bio, uh, but also specifically if you want to actually subscribe to Soulwin TV, you can go to uh, www.soulwin.tv. Okay, thank you. And I know your story is going to bless so many, and I can't wait to share it around the world. And friends, I will have this episode up on our website with all the information that Alana has shared, including her contact info. And I also appreciate you following my show on Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcast platforms and subscribing to the show too. Um, and I'd love to hear comments and Alana would too. Share what you think about what she shared or you know, reach out to her or reach out to me. I mean, we want to... Um, help and inspire and draw you closer to Jesus and help you 
do all that God has purposed for you in your life as he's done in my life and Alana's. So thank you, friends. Thank you, Alana. And until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org. 